Welcome to Jaipur Bites, the JLF podcast. I'm your host, Lakshtata. What you're about to hear is part of the Voices of Faith series for JLF Brave New World, presented by the Kamini and Vindi Banga Family Trust. Heaven on Earth, the universe of Kerala's Guru Vayur Temple. Pepita Seth, in conversation with Anupama Raju. What an extraordinary honor I have today to be in conversation with uh, this wonderful writer, photographer, and also in the context of this evening session, uh, I think a favorite child of Lord Guruvayurappan, I must say. Um, not only because this is such a beautiful book, which we are going to discuss tonight, but also because this has been a, the temple has been a great uh, part of my childhood, childhood memories. And I have several uh, Guruvayurappan devotees in my family. Therefore, thank you, Pepita, and thank you to the JLF team for giving me this pleasure and joy. Um, hello, Pepita, again. And hello. <laughs> a real privilege to be talking to you tonight. Well, um, I'm all at myself. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, Pepita, let's, uh, we will be discussing the book, of course, uh, this beautiful uh, record of, of what goes on in one of the most extraordinary temples of the world, Guruvayu Rappan's temple and abode, heaven on earth, the universe of Kerala's Guruvayu temple. But before we get into the aspects of the book, I'd be uh, really delighted to know, on behalf of our audience today, Tell us about your first encounter with Guruvayur Temple. Well, it was a long time ago. I came to India for the first time in 1970. And I came back uh, two years later in 1972 uh, to go to Kerala for no other reason than I wanted to see elephants, which is a bit sort of, not very sort of highbrow, I suppose. But that meant I got taken to Guruvayur Temple by some friends in Trichur, who uh, sort of parked me outside because of the restrictions that then existed about entering. And uh, I got then taken to where the elephants were kept. Now they're some distance from the temple, so the numbers have increased. But in those days, there were only about less than 16 of them. And there was Guruvaya Keshavan. And the first photograph I ever took in Kerala was of him. And uh, I mean, I did have, do it and do have an elephant sort of obsession. But the point is, you don't have to know anything if you saw Guru Ayakeshavan. You knew that he knew much more than you knew. He had that, he wasn't considered a beautiful animal per se, but he was considered to be of a more enormous presence, which was true. So that's what took me to Guruayal, but of course it took a little bit longer to pro uh, progress to where I was actually able to see more inside. Right. Uh, of course, you would be telling us later tonight about uh, your experiences with uh, Guruayal Keshavan. Um, yes, yes. But also tell us, 
from that first encounter with the temple and the first visit to the temple, uh, how did it progress to you wanting to write the book? I know you always say that you consider it as a privilege. Um, I do. But, I mean, I, I think if I lose that, if I lose that awareness, then something has slipped for me or I slipped for in Guru itself. One time as we got near to the Bhagwati's entrance, uh, she just turned around and said, oh, come on. And so I entered Guru temple. And in those days, people forget now, I think, because you know, it's, it's so famous, it's so crowded. Well, not right now, of course, but it was. But in those days, which was 72, actually you could walk around the temple quite easy. There wasn't those huge crowds. So you, you were able, I was able, I, I, I don't think I've actually ever thought about this when you mentioned it, but really it, it, you just knew there was a kind of peace in there. And something that made me feel, I mean, I hadn't examined it, but something that affected me very deeply. And uh, eventually I went, I went regularly with friends going there. And then one day I was in Trichur and I thought, I have to be big and bold for once in my life. And so I actually took a bus and went to Guruayal by myself and was able to sit there for a long time. And it, it just sort of took me over really. Uh, as, you, as you got to know Lord Guruayur better, and as you said, there was a certain sense of peace you felt. In the context of, uh, of peace, you talked about peace, finding a sense of peace at the temple. Um, how would you correlate it with faith, which has become so relevant in today's world, um, with the pandemic going on in everything? Yes. Um... I, I don't really know, quite frankly. Um, of course, I haven't been to the temple since it, the pandemic hit, or not for almost nearly three years now, but yes. it's, it's a good question and I'm not quite sure how to answer it. Because I think, think particularly maybe in a walled temple, temp uh, walled temple, is there is that sense of enclosure and therefore, um, Thing, I, I tell you, one of the uh, uh, Odikans who became the Meshandi, the chief priest of the temple, I mean, he, he, he otherwise uh, performed rituals on a daily basis. But of course, once they go in and become the head priest, they are not allowed out for the entire six months that they're there. And I asked him afterwards, what was the difference? And he said, well, as the Meshandi, because he couldn't go out, he said, I am fully with the Lord all the time. Whereas if I go out, uh, you know, there are domestic, somebody's asking me a question that I have to deal with. But he said, I could be fully with the Lord. And I think in a way that that is probably so. I mean, I spent at, at one stretch, I mean, I didn't spend the night in the temple, but I was up until one o'clock when just when the Krishnatam ended and then I would go and then come back very early in the morning. So near enough. And I think after something like six or seven weeks of that, I had to go back to Trichur, where I ostensibly lived. And coming out of the temple was really horrible. Outside, you know, there was noise and the usual sort of uh, goings on of a busy place. And I, I couldn't believe the difference of having been inside 
I mean, so for what it can be like for somebody who's really inside and really attending to the Lord on a daily basis for six months, it must be almost traumatic coming out. It's like the reverse of a prison in a way. It's uh, mm. the prison is a welcoming, nurturing uh, space, and outside is not. It's um, very strange. But it, that, that the end of my six weeks or whatever it was, I can't remember. I, I really, I, I just wanted to turn. I did. I thought I'd never reach the bus stop. Actually, I better turn around and go back inside. And I suppose a sort of um, conscious or unconscious of that uh, of that feeling affects people that goes go in there. So yes, it's even more welcoming to them now, particularly when now the numbers that they allow in on a daily basis is so small. So um, yeah, yes. So that takes me to the next question. You you talked about this, this um, a certain atmosphere which is which is completely um, you know arresting and yeah. all-consuming um, the the e even otherwise those who are familiar with Kerala's temples would notice that they are very distinct from yes. other temples in, in form in rites in every sense uh, there is a certain there is a certain fragrance. There is a certain kind of architecture. The lamps, yeah. the dim lights, the the smell of the fragrance of sandalwood. Um, I remember and the smell of butter. I remember all these and all elephants. These, <laughs> oh, yes. elephants. Yeah, they smell yes. good. Yes, and absolutely. I, I mean, all of them combining to kind of take you on this wonderful yeah. journey. So amidst all this. You also see demonstrations of faith and devotion. Yes. Uh, you see, you see crowds thronging the temple. They are doing the Shayana tradition, and they are. Oh, well, I know there was one uh, some festival where they were sort of all backed up. Those people, and there was sort of something like nine of them trying to turn a corner and go through a crowd. Oh. Almost impossible to, and then were they? They also stopped outside the Kodimaram, of course. And, uh, it's it's um, yes it's it's even in even in a crowd it's some somehow even when you're pushing and being pushed of course to get into the Nalambalam, there is still that sense of being completely isolated. It's just you and Guruayurappa. It's it's really weird. And actually, I think the other thing about Guruayur, you mentioned about the differences architectural and everything between Kerala's temples and elsewhere. And that, that, of course, is absolutely true. At the same time, actually, in many ways, because so much of Guruai uh, was destroyed by fire in um, 1970, all that survived yes. were the outside walls, the Kutambalam and the Sanctum. So actually, mm -hmm. at one time, it was a very ugly building. And now they're sort of keralizing it a bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> But what it somehow proves is that whatever is in that place is not affected by bad architecture. You know, the, right. there is that, that, yeah. that absolutely never budged, never budged. And so, I mean, you know, even if, you know, uh, tourists were allowed in and all that kind of thing, I think they would probably be, well, less so now, but quite disappointed about what's inside because it's, it's intangible is what is drawing them. And that 
intangibleness remains. Wonderful. So when you when you are in the act of photographing this uh, intangibility, so to speak, yeah. um, what is it that uh, what is it that you experience when you're trying to capture these moments of devotion and faith? What um, have you experienced? Well, the, first of all, let me tell you, when I it took me something like uh, two or three, uh, a month or so to actually summon up the courage to pick up the camera. And I just sort of kept sitting there and thinking, I can't do it. And maybe I'll just go do some research or something. And then one day I thought I'll walk around the temple and I walked around three times. And on the third round, I looked towards somebody who was one of the temple people, but I didn't know him then, of course. And he gave the most wonderful smile and said, is there anything I can do to help you? And I thought, I'm not alone in here. And it's, it, 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 because actually, how do you set about photographing it and everything? And after I calmed and realized that other people weren't bothered, I mean, I still think that's bizarre, actually, that, you know, identifiably foreign with two cameras. What's it doing here? But it never, never, never bothered anybody. I mean, occasionally, sorry. They were always from outside, not non-Caroline, my, my artists. Mm. And um, I just sort of settled into it. And then you start to hone in on what is actually going on. You, you also get, and I have to say, in my case at least, it get to, you have to know what is happening, what the ritual is, when it will happen. And then you start sort of uh, thinking, well, if they do this and that. So you're prepared for what is. And I had a kind of fascination by the isolated uh, moment and also when people are so uh, consumed or wrapped up in their devotion they're really not they've lost all sense of anybody being anywhere near them right and i mean yes. I can describe it but th there was i i found there was also a place that you could go to up upstairs and look down mm. over the, mm. the over the corner and they it was a festival procession coming along so it was a lot of uh, uh, people and musicians and everything and the the procession had stopped and one man went and prostrated before the elephant and grind up and I mean just a lone figure surrounded by all this uh, the majesty of Guruaya putting on its show you know because he was making his um, feelings known to the Lord and uh, it was between right. the, the two of them regardless of all these other people and you yes. I used to be very touched by that capacity to lose yourself in a place with that number of crowds and everything and yeah. I thought if I can just catch something of that um, mm. so I, I of course I never had a plan because I've never had a plan but um, you are gradually sinking, and I also, in the end, it helps when the temple people get to know you, and um, uh, because they they would alert me to things that would would happen. And uh, well, uh, one time, whether uh, ten times a year, they use a special uh, column on the elephant, which is no, known as the gold one, because every all the things on it are in gold. And of course, you can't stand directly in front of the procession because uh, there's the elephant. And then there are 12 people, well, six, 
six, six, six in a row, it's both side. And in front of them are the gender players. So to get a picture straight on is next to impossible. So I used to think, but if only I stood near the side, little back, and they, and they turned that, I would get full onto that. But you, there was no way of doing it because they were going forward. But I happened to speak later that morning to one of the priests and everything about the fact of this, and he, he didn't say very much. But the next morning when I was standing, just in case by accident they turned it my way, I saw very slowly it was going sort of like this. So there right. was absolutely, and then without anything being said, it went straight back again. Because they, he'd gone and told the people on the elephant, if she's there, then, but don't, don't let it be so obvious that somebody asks afterwards, what are they doing? So oh, that is so little Gurairapan's little helpers, as I used to call them. But uh, oh, it was a yeah. lot of that took place, actually. And once they, they, they realized what I was doing and why I was doing it, there was tremendous um, support for helping me and letting me know um, when something was to be seen or it was about to happen and where they felt might be a good place. I mean, do you right. want me to go on a bit or? Oh, uh, that was while you were talking about devotees and the little help that you got from, from others. There was this one incident that, um, there's this oh, one incident that comes to my mind in the book. Yeah. where um, I think one of the women devotees wanted you to do an offering on her behalf. And then yes, you yes. asked her, yes. 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 Would, you, would you please tell that story? Yes. Now, this was a woman who lived in Trichur, like I pretended I did. And uh, one day she said, Am I, are you going to the temple today? And I said, yes. And she said, uh, okay. And she thought of coming too. And then she said, no. She said, well, will, will you actually do something for me in the temple? I said, yes, of course, if I can. She said, will you make an offering uh, for me and everything? Yes, I said, ask for the nakshatram and all those sort of things. I said, but um, you go to the temple every week anyway. So why, why sort of do you need me to do it? She said, well, everybody knows your Guru Arapan's pet. <laughs> So, I mean, I, it, I mean, it is, I think it, it's a real example of how amazingly open actually India is in these circumstances by all the sort of laws and everything I shouldn't have been in there. But once I was in there, nobody was, of, nobody, I was of no interest to anybody except the people, you know, that I was involved. <laughs> was just, well, and to Lord Guru Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, coming to all the myths that surround the origin and the history of the temple, yeah. there are so many legends. Yes. Um, is, there, is there one story that, that is a favorite of yours? Or if somebody were to ask you, what is the beginning of the temple? Which one would you pick? Um, well, actually... I like it that when uh, Krishna is supposed to come, uh, the idol was brought there after the Dwaraka submersion or whatever it was. And he left instructions that the idol was to go to the most sacred place in the world. And mm. so they wandered around, of course, Guru and Vayu, as it happened. And uh, they reached Trichur 
at the Vodagranathan Temple and Parashurama was there and he said, I'll take you to the place. And he took them to, to Guruayur. Now, of course, in those days, first of all, there was nothing there because all the, the, the land was saline because it's that near the sea and everything. Um, and uh, Shiva and Parvati were meditating under the lake or whatever they called it then. And he said, this is the most, and they explained that there was a shrine for the Bhagavati. So there was some confusion. If Bhagavati was there, then where, where was Gurairapan to go? Anyway, they went to that shrine and the Bhagavati got up and said, oh, I've been waiting for you. And now this place is yours um, and I will move to the left. So the Bhagavati shrine is there. She said, but once a year, I want the Lord's pujas done in front of me. And that's what, on one of the days, I think it's the second from the last day of the uh, Utsavam, they enclose yes. the whole area and the puja is done for Gurairapan there. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I've also, I've also noticed, I mean, I'm sure everybody has, that Lord Gurairapan has a very distinct appearance, very unique. Yes. Um, uh, so when we talk about the temple, it's... It's unavoidable but to talk about the temple art and the murals yes. inside the temple that depict him. Yes. Um, so could you tell us a bit about his appearance and how he looks so different from his various other, you know, incarnations? That, I mean, do you mean as seen in the sanctum? Um, just Lord Gurayurapan, the, you know. Uh, yes. like in the sanctum I don't have much of a memory because the crowd is so much yes you and also what, you know it's um it's black stone and I gave up fairly right early on trying to discover what stone it was they just but and also it's that there is there are feelings there that you know matter what that that idol will remain in worship but I, I mean, I mean, just ah, they, ah, that that yes, that that picture that uh, was done by uh, Mamio Krishnan Kuti, Krishnan Kuti, right. I think, and that is, I think, more an image of maybe what how he was seen then, because now it, it's 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 very, and in fact, that um, painting, which is about the size of a small child, it's it's. Uh, uh, I found in the mural painting institute in a corner and it was covered in cobwebs and everything and I berated somebody who was actually my friend in, in charge of the uh, mural institute and I said this is a masterpiece and he had actually studied under this man too and th they brought it out and cleaned it and it I mean it is simply magnificent because he the man you know did all the mantras and the, the whole approach to making uh, do, doing the uh, the draw painting uh, before he ever painted it and it it's transparent in that it is so beautiful it really is and when you see now what i call the davison's official image of gurairapan it's it, it, it's chalk and cheese it's very very different and it the, the, mm. that i because for the uh, sort of image of the lord uh, art uh, chapter I can't remember what it was actually called, but you know, there were no photographs. Right? That way, that way, yes. no way I could provide any photographs. But I, I 
So actually it was lucky that I found that uh, painting. So uh, that's why I photographed it, even just his lips, you know, I think, I think that's in the book, yes. But because everything yeah. had this touch of sort of um, luminous uh, sanctity about it, mm. because it, 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 oh, it, it's come from the man, it's come from the man, the painter. And uh, so, yes, I'm surprised that uh, pictures not reproduced more actually because it's really stunning. Right. And still in the Mural Institute if anybody goes there, but in Quiven Pride Place now. Lovely. Um, now, of course, talking about the great Gurayur Keshavan. So, for the for the sake of the audience, you know, the temple elephants in Kerala are are very dear to the people. They're they're loved by people. And they're revered. And Gurvayur Keshavan is probably the most iconic of them all. Yeah, oh, definitely. And Pepita, what has been your experience? Tell us about Keshavan. Well, uh, first of all, um, it was uh, Gurvayur Keshavan was the first uh, the photograph I took of him, was the first yes. photograph I took in Kerala, which is probably the most auspicious thing that could have happened to me. And I was—I have no clue who it was, but he, at those days there were very few elephants, and they were kept quite near the temple. So I went there, and the six, seven, eight, nine elephants—actually, they—they were being washed, and there was just something about him uh, that uh, you knew, and it was fantastic. And um, well, if. Uh, the easiest way I can explain this is to tell you about how he died. You're prepared for it. Because if you, the, one of the ways that they, they select the elephant that is going to carry the Lord for the um, 10 days of the festival. And um, he, he, he can't go out of the temple or anything. So it has to be a healthy animal, obviously. And he has to win the race. And for years he won it very easily, so it was no argument. And then he got older and frailer, and one year he lost the race. And uh, they immediately gave orders that the uh, elephant that won, which was Padma, I know it wasn't Padma, that to be taken immediately be taken out of the temple in case Gurubhakeshwar uh, sort of threw a fit. And then they had a quick uh, discussion, and they decided that. They told Guru Ayurveda, okay, you can carry him this year, but next year you better win the race. So same thing happened the following year. So of course then they changed the rule book and said you can carry him until you can't carry him. And there was the last time he came into the temple, they knew he was, I mean, it was a tremendous risk that they were taking actually because you know, death in the temple at a time like this, a sacred moment, it's really yes. bad news. And he came in, and you, during the time of the festival, when you can't get a, another ante there, it's so crowded. And people automatically pushed back to give him the space. And he knelt, and it was like, like a sort of 10-story building trying to somehow rise. And he, went, and he did all the rituals very slow. He, he knew all the rituals anyway. And on the third round, he went down and then by himself, he walked out of the temple, turned right and walked down to where they were kept then and lay down, oh, it was Egadashi, that's right. He lay down 
and the, the actual ultimate um, indication of the elephant's respect is he dug his right tusk into the ground and extended his trunk directly towards the, if you could go straight through the wall, directly towards where Gurajan's shrine was, waited till the most sacred moment of the year on Ekadashi and left his body. I, yeah, I mean, I, when I read the story, it gave me goosebumps. There were several such moments in the book. Yeah. And one, this one is one such story. And the man who made it his um, his life to provide the uh, um, food for the elephants, he knew everyone on Butter Tree in Kerala, and people willingly gave it and everything. And the only thing people ever wanted from me in uh, Gruaya was that photograph. Yes. I, I don't know how many. I, I actually I gave it to one of the studios and said, you know, when you're running out, just print some more sort of thing. And one of the ones I wanted to, was this man to get a copy of it, so I, I had it framed and everything. And he, went to, he was asked to come to somewhere, and I went there too, and I gave it to him. And he sat there talking, and, and it's supposing this is Guru Vaikeshwar. He just ran his fingers round and round and round the outline of his body, and then he finally said, he was my brother. He was my brother. Yeah, it's a very it's a very moving tale, and I'm just I was just trying to see if I can find that graph to yes, kind yeah. of show it to our viewers. Yes. But um, but I think these are this is just one reason why Gurvayu Temple is. Yes, it is different. It is different. It, it, yes, all Kerala temples are wonderful, but uh, Gurvayu has a has a uniqueness about it. Yes. You found it. I can't, oh, even, I'm, I'm I can't even say what page it is. I should know it now by now. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll find it soon. Okay. In the meantime, in a few minutes, we'll be hearing from our audience as well. Okay. But um, I'm I'm thinking of the time that I used to be taken to the temple. You know, yeah. I grew up I grew up outside Kerala, so any any trip to Gurwayu was was always something that was special. Extraordinary. It was very yeah. special. Yeah. I didn't understand, I didn't quite understand what was going on, but yeah. um, some of these senses were extraordinary and I have a distinct memory of it. Uh, but you always see some very, sometimes even extreme demonstrations of, of faith, of people giving up everything for the Lord. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure you've noticed that. Well, the small, small thing, but it was so wonderful. And one day in the, it was, wasn't a very crowded day or anything. And I saw a young guy, maybe 2022 or something, who was sweeping. And I suddenly realized I knew him. Uh, he came from somewhere called Radakancheri, which was quite near Guruaya. And I went and said, you know, what are you doing here? And he said, sort of with great, but great, but not, you know, overt pride, I sweep for the Lord. Oh. He was a sweeper in the temple. You know, when you have that sort of um, yes. um, beauty in you, then, uh, you know, it's... It's a, it's a privilege and it's a right of the Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, right, some, at the beginning you said that I... You, it, that's what was such a privilege to go. Yes. How... how uh, um, 
close everybody wants to Gurayat. No, nobody's frightened of Gurayat. I mean, Bayim, which is what I've been doing recently. You know, most, many of those deities are really quite scary. But, you know, you okay, could... So I find them. There I mean, you. I found... Yes. I found Gurayat. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a beautiful photograph, Pepita. Thank you so much for this gift. Well, because anybody who anybody who cares, who loves, uh, cares for elephants and who loves elephants would cherish this. And this is, of course, the gentleman you were talking about. Oh, that's, 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 yes, yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was very frail then. And he also, when he had finished touching the photograph, uh, he gave it back to me. He hadn't realized he'd been given it. So when I gave it back, he said, no, it's for you. Tears started rolling down his face. Right. Yes. Very really sweet. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. So um, once once this pandemic is over and once we are all able to move about, uh, I'm sure you would be going back to the temple. Would this you is... be photograph Would you be photographing? No, I, I, I went at the beginning, uh, they, they, they were some just said you can do it. And then eventually I got a treasured possession, which was a, you know, identity thing, which said Papita, permitted photographer. <laughs> so because oh, oh. otherwise they were, you know, it's, and people were always coming up to me and saying, when does this start and where should I go for this? And where are the offerings and how can I get pious and <laughs> things like that? Because I, it was a temple uh, thing. But so no, um, I, I that was I, I I had made my offering to Gurayapan, and there's no real point I don't think in doing any more. So I started by going to the temple, and I want to end by going to the temple. You know, it's it's complete. I, think. I mean, you can always go on, of course. But yes, I mean when when I was. When, when I heard about this session, the first thought that occurred to me is, oh, I haven't been to Gurvayur in such a long time. I hope, I hope I get an opportunity to go yeah, there somewhere. I know, I know, yes. yes. Anyway. So uh, I think it's a safe assumption that uh, it, it is, would it be a safe assumption to say that uh, you made Trishur your home because of Lord Gurvayur? <laughs> yes, I think so. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Jaipur Bites. This podcast is produced by Launchora in association with Teamwork Arts. Please subscribe or follow the show wherever you're listening to this to stay updated on new episodes. Mm-hmm.